This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. And every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food culture in Malaysia, and I bring in some food friends and experts to talk about it. Today, we are spilling the tea on, well, tea. Yes, at its core, tea is just some dried leaves steeped in water. But there's actually so, so much more to it, right? Tea is such a rich history across cultures and countries all across the world, and they have so many ties to tradition and trade. And tea was even responsible for some of the biggest political upheavals in the world. And even when we look at it merely as a drink, there can be so many variations in flavours, aromas, even in texture and mouthfeel. So really, there is so much more to tea than just leaves in water. And today, to give us a primer into the world of teas, is a tea enthusiast and tea artist, Xiao Fei, who runs the super quaint tea bar in Happy Mansion, Tana Dan Ayer. Welcome to the show today, Xiao Fei. Hello, hi. So, just give me an intro to yourself and how did your tea journey start? My name is Xiao Fei. I'm a tea artist and I'm running a tea bar called Dana Danare in Section 17. My journey actually started when I was studying in USM in 2008. So, at the time, I have a Kung Fu master. Uh, he would teach Kung Fu in university. And one day, he just brought us uh, to a tea house. Um, an old tea house in Penang. Wait, wait, this house, Kung Fu Master is like the martial arts Yeah, kind the of Kung really Fu. martial art. He oh. actually won all the uh, Pring Mantis martial art oh, wow. in Malaysia. Oh. So he brought us to this uh, old tea house which is run by his friend. So in the class, we actually has a chance to like uh, four persons sitting in one table and all of us will brew tea together. Uh, actually take turns to brew tea. So what's interesting is the outcome of the tea of every person brewed tastes slightly different from one to another. So from then mm. onwards, I feel like, huh, this thing is something that is very interesting. And I want to know more about it. So from then onwards, uh, every time I go out and eat pakute, dim sum, I will start noticing the flavor, the flavor of the tea. And in 2013, and I decided to take up like a tea course the fundamental tea course to uh, know the basic of tea. And from that, uh, start exploring a different way of brewing a flavor of tea. Um, and I also learned under the tea guru in Malaysia, Miss Hui Yok Lin. Um, she's actually a tea author. And also she's a tea supervisor in Purple King. Um, so from that, I have been learned under her for the past eight years. Mm. And then four years ago, she started training me as a tea teacher. So in 2018, I got a chance. actually got a space in a Happy Mansion. And then I just decided, you know what? It is now or never, you should open the tea bar. And there start the Dana Ayer. Mm. Yeah. And actually, 
I feel like there's nothing else like your shop anywhere in Malaysia, right? Is that you call it a tea bar or a yeah. tea studio? And it's basically when people go in, it's a really small, like, quaint space, and there is a bar where you are basically brewing teas right in front of people and interacting with them, teaching and educating them about the different kinds of teas and what flavors they should taste, right? Yeah, actually, before I opened this place, uh, going around to whatever cafe that you go to order the tea drinks, you always just get tea bags or you just get like normal breakfast or a grey tea. So I really wanted a space that is dedicated to tea, that is uh, serious about tea brewing. So Tanan and I is actually is my personal is my is a space that where I work on my craft, which is tea brewing, and. Anyone who come in who can order the drink and that is well prepared for you by the tea artist. So the place is really small, like maximum can fit up to 16 packs. Mm. So 16 packs, uh, one person running it, I think that it's just good enough. Uh, because it's small, so uh-huh. it's very easy to start conversations. Mm, yeah. So you came to the yeah, tea house I was there before. Like a so, month or two months ago. And yeah. yeah, it was like really, really cozy and yeah. just like converse with all your guests and people who just come in and like talk about tea, which yeah. I guess is like a dream for you, right? Because you are such a enthusiast about tea and then now your job allows you to speak about tea every day. Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, somehow tea he has a very calming effect. So wherever, whoever come in and start drinking tea, uh, they will be very open up in a sober manner. <laughs> <laughs> and actually a lot of my regular customers they uh, they become friends in a tea house mm. they know each other from a tea house and they become friends they go and hang out so I mm. think sometimes tea is not just about the drink itself but it's also about connecting a different people mm. Mm. oh that's really nice mm. Mm. but tell us about some of the different kinds of teas that are that you serve at your place uh, in my place, uh, I basically serve uh, uh, five different type of tea, but in the in the pantheon of tea, they are actually all categorized into six different types, mm. which is uh, white tea, green tea, oolong tea, black tea, yellow tea, and dark tea, or we call it hecha. Actually, what makes tea different from one to another is actually the processing itself. The number one difference is the processing. The key difference is the different degree of fermentations, from green tea that is non-fermented to black tea that is a uh, full fermented, and dark tea that is post-fermented. Oh, what yeah. is what is post-fermented? Post-fermented is the method that you process a tea to a certain degree, and then you put it in the wet and hot and humidity environment you allow the microorganism react with a tea leaf and it's sort of like a breaking down the tea leaf to very woody and earthy mm. flavor. Yeah. So actually, across the six different kinds of teas, right? You said different processing methods and different uh, degrees of fermentation. What does the fermentation actually do to the flavor of the tea? How does it change the flavor of the tea? Uh, the fermentation, when we say there is no fermented, the tea would taste very grassy, very bean-like. That is where you get your green tea. Mm. So the higher fermentation it is, the flavor would change slowly from bean to grain, um, then to flour, 
a flowery taste Ooh. and then it will be fruity so some of the tea that you can taste the flavor almost like yuzu plum uh, pineapple Ooh. vanilla yeah oh, so these are just, from the fermentation process yeah itself. it's from a Ooh. fermentation so to full fermented tea uh, it will taste sweet caramelized honey Ooh. without adding any, any sugar. sugar or flavoring it's just the flavor from the tea itself. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. And and actually, right, this like six different types of teas, right? Does it apply to all teas across the world? Because when we think about teas, right, I guess it seems like China or like East Asia has like really strong tea culture. And then there's also kind of the Western kind of English sort of tea. So are they all classified under you know, uh, all their teas are separated to these six categories? Uh, when the leaf is plucked, uh, when the tea is from uh, Camellia sinensis, these plants, it will all make into these six different types of tea. Mm. Mm. So what's different from English tea and Chinese tea is English tea mostly it is black tea. Black tea, uh, the blend itself is for you to drink with sugar and milk. But then for Chinese tea, it is just a clear drink itself without adding any sugar of flavor. Mm, so actually, if you go into a Chinese tea shop and you ask for milk, it's like huh, yeah, an insult. An insult. <laughs> so bubble tea is a... Oh, bubble tea is an insult. <laughs> it's a trend. <laughs> yeah, but it is an Asian tea, right? And then people going to yeah, mix a yeah. sugar and milk into yeah. it. Mm. It's very easy to like a bird, but yeah, let's not go to that direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't touch a bubble tea. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as I understand, like your place, right? You are focusing on the method of preparation of tea and how to brew tea properly, right? And we'll talk about that in a bit. But right now, we're going to take a really quick break. I've been speaking with Xiao Fei from Tana Dan Ai. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. <laughs> Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I'm Jun and I've been speaking with Xiao Fei from Tana Dan Ae, a super quaint tea bar in Happy Mansion. Okay, Xiao Fei, so your place is really, really cozy and people can really get to know tea in a very intimate manner. And when people order the teas at your place, you actually brew it right in front of them. And it's not something you get to see everywhere, right? What are people's first reaction when they see tea being brewed in such a close-up manner? Um, I think a lot of people's first reaction to see tea brewing, they will feel that it's a very calming process because it's very quiet. It just sounds of water, steam and smell floating in the air. So a lot of people, they come in, they actually just come in and seek for the space of quietness. So I think that is uh, what uh, people really feel about tea. But actually tea brewing is a thing that is very busy. It's so busy in your mind that you have no time to think for other. Oh, really? So you look very calming. No, I think uh, when you brew your teas, you look so calm. <laughs> but there's actually a lot of things going on. Uh, like in your head, In your it? head. Oh, so uh, that's what my most of my students felt. Like, oh, tea brewing is actually so busy. It's so oh. busy that it keeps you has no time to think of other things. So you look like super concentrated on your craft. Yeah, you look like super craft. concentrated mm. on your craft. So tell me, what are some of the things that goes through your head as you're brewing tea? 
So tea brewing, um, there are the few key factors or elements that affect tea brewing. Number one is your water temperature, the how much your tea leaf you put, um, your steeping time, and you have to understand the condition of the tea itself. So every all the thing that is the, the tea artist or tea brewer themselves, they have to read it, they have to decide it for themselves. And when you're at the counter, there's no one else will tell you what to do. So um, for brewing of, let's say, green tea, green tea is the tea that is uh, very light, has no fermented. It uses a very tender shoot as a raw material. So to brew this tea, you actually need like a lower temperature um, water to brew it for about 30 seconds. So you have to really stay focused in these 30 seconds because uh, when brewing, there is uh, five seconds different. It will taste, you make the taste like completely different. Mm. Yeah. So this is why you have to really stay focused in your brewing. Mm. Mm. And so then, as for the different kinds of teas, would you then require like a different water temperature, different steeping time, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, there is a basic of uh, how you should brew tea. Of course, there is a guideline of, okay, green tea, you have to use like a low temperature water. Black tea or dark tea, uh, you need to use a high temperature. And oolong tea is about medium temperature. Um, but for me, myself, um, I tend to experiment it with all different ways. Mm. I don't think there is a definite rules of how you should brew the tea. Because sometimes I can brew a longjing tea with high temperature, we shorten the time, and it come out is really nice as well. Oh. So it's totally up to you how you want to play and experiment with this tea. Yeah. So it really seems like an art form, right? Yeah. And you get to experiment with different different kinds yeah. of teas. Different kind of tea, even different kind of like pot material that you use. It will bring like a completely different flavor out from the tea. Mm. Mm. And I guess for the average listener out there who's just like, I guess when they say, oh, making tea, right? It's just at home with a tea bag and then you just pour boiling water 100, 100 degrees into it. <laughs> See, Alfie is no, shaking her head. No. <laughs> it's not. But of course, tea brewing, it can be as simple as you put a tea leaf in a mug and you just put it in hot water and enjoy it. There's no wrong with it. That is the most simple way that you can appreciate tea. Uh, but then is if you want to take tea to a different level, then it can be very interesting as well. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, at like all, all these like tea brewing houses or tea bars, the tea is kind of brewed and steeped over several rounds, right? And each round tastes pretty different. Yeah. Right? Tell me it, about how the flavor changes across the rounds as you brew it more. Um, different tea is actually at the, when you brew it multiple times, it will taste differently. A lot of people will say the second brew and the third brew is the best. But it's actually, you can't apply this uh, theory to every type of tea because we're treating every type of tea as in like every single individual. So they have their own very different character. So, um... Like, for example, I like the tea called Lapsang Sochong. Oh, I like it as well. Yeah. It's a so, very smoky one, right? Yeah, it's a smoky black tea. So this tea, when you brew the first two rounds, the flavor is really 
smoky strong. But then when you slowly drink until the three and four round, um, it tastes like red dates and sweet. Oh. So the flavor it would really change over different brew. Um, and some of the raw pool, the first two rounds, it might stay very astringent, very strong. Um, but then when you slowly drink to about three, four fine rounds, and it will slowly taste like um, plum, sweet. Mm. Sometimes it won't taste like wood. So it's really interesting to observe the flavor change over different brew. So mm. that's also what I offer in Tana Tanae. A lot of people will say, oh, your tea house, you work so much. Like someone order a pot of tea, I will brew four rounds for them. Because I insist that I want to let them drink the flavor change or different brew. Even though it actually take up a lot of work. I have to walk to the table three, four rounds. Mm. And just to make people, just to make the same pot of tea. But then I only charge for like one price. But then I really want to let people to experience this. This flavor change over different brew. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's so much into teas, right? Just now, right before the show, I was saying like, oh, uh, we talk about tea brewing, and then you're like, oh, it's a one-hour class. But now it's just like a, <laughs> a really short version. Yeah. yeah. And uh, okay, I just want to go through some tea myths or tea beliefs with you, and you help me clear it up, okay? So some of you say that when you brew tea, right, you usually throw away the first brew. How true is that? Um... A lot of people, when they brew tea, they will think um, they have to wash the tea. Yeah, yeah, wash the tea. Because they think right? the tea is not clean. Mm. Or they want to wake up the, pee, the tea, wake up the tea, because the tea has been sleeping for so long. <laughs> um, but I don't practice that in my tea house. I believe that the tea that I buy, they are clean. Mm. You don't have to wash them. I mean, maybe this practice, uh, the older generation that will do, maybe at last time when China is not so developed, so their tea processing is not that advanced. The technology is not that advanced. But now, tea processing, it actually produced in a very clean and safe environment. So we don't really need to worry about that. Mm. And one thing we always say, when you brew your tea bags, your lip-term tea bag, would you ever wash your tea bag? You know, right? Oh, but then why really when you come to like a premium quality tea and you want to wash it mm. for... The second reason people wash it is for uh, waking up the tea. But then as long that you brew your first round properly, you don't really have to wake up the tea. Mm. Mm. You just make the sleeping time longer. You're actually waking up and brewing it at the same time. Mm. And you're not wasting a flavor. Right. Mm. Okay, second one. You know when people <laughs> when people pour tea for you, right? For I guess like Chinese tradition, they will like knock their fingers on the table. Like, does that does that mean anything, or is there like a history to that? Uh, I'm not sure this history is true or not, but people have been saying that people, uh, you put like your two finger when people pour tea for you, you put your two finger down on the table, as like you're knocking the yeah, and table. then you tap right, like you tap like mm. okay. Um, that practice, the myth or the legend say the Qianlong Huangdi. Uh, the Emperor of Qianlong, when he liked to dress like a normal people, come to Jiangnan to, to experience the normal mundane people life. So he would pour tea for his uh, bodyguard. And for bodyguard, like Emperor pour tea for you is something that is really big. 
But then they are dressing like a normal people. He couldn't kneel down on the floor, so he would just put his finger on the table like as if he's kneeling down and he's like knocking two times. Ah. That is the the myth behind it. Lah. But then I don't really encourage that. Oh, why, why, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, even like knocking the table is like, like that. You don't know it is saying thank you. Or saying like okay enough, it ah uh, yeah yeah no yeah, that is a, true like though. a that very confusing true. yeah. So I feel like uh, for more Chinese, in the more Chinese way that when you want to say thank you, you can just like, nod your head, nod your head smile, a bit. right? Yeah, that is more polite than like. <laughs> <laughs> so when people do that at your shop, you're like confused. Like, oh, do you want me yeah. to stop? Like, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> And the last last tea myth, uh, mm. you know when people have those like tea sets yeah. and there's like a small like animal or something or like a figurine uh. where and then people will pour a bit of tea on that figurine before they pour onto their own one. Does that symbolize anything? It's like a tea pet or something, right? Yeah, that is a tea pet. It doesn't symbolize any feng shui or money thing. Don't worry. It just... <laughs> I think the practice is just that this tea pad is accompanying you in tea drinking. Uh, the pouring of water over it because I think the way that they brewing is more towards like Kung Fu tea brewing. So they will wash the tea, they will wash a, uh, a lot of water pouring around. So uh, they will use the water to nurture the tea pad as well. Just like you're drinking the tea, the tea pad also drinks tea with you. Mm. 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 So it's mainly for like solo tea drinkers, is it? Because if you have a companion, then why you need a tea pad? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, a, yeah, the pad accompany you for drinking. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Cool. Mm. Thanks, for, thanks for clearing up those tea myths for me. Um, but back to, I guess, the, the larger tea industry or the scene in Malaysia, right? Um, where, is it, where is it hidden? Because since young, right? Tea hasn't really risen or like grown in the way coffee has or I guess like bubble tea has, right? This traditional teas and appreciation of brewing methods and different kinds of teas out there isn't really something that Malaysians are really into. I guess I've only really heard of like purple cane, as you say. As an insider in the tea industry, how do you feel about Malaysia's tea scene? Mm, in Malaysia, tea, they are actually a lot of tea drinkers. Um, there, there's a lot of tea trading going on. Tea trading, they're selling tea and sell you the tea at the same time, teach you a little bit about how to brew tea, how to appreciate it. Um, there's not much of like, compared to like coffee, there is like a barista system that you can learn, you can go for the course, um, you can get a certificate. But then in Chinese tea drinking, still, the community is still close, stay very close to their own small pockets or community. Uh, there are many tea drinkers, but they just keep in their own home. So that is why I opened this place, Tana Danai. Uh, I find that young people they are, who are interested in tea, they don't really have a place to learn about tea. So when they walk into the tea merchants or tea trading place, you go in, get this stress, like feeling of, okay, I will go in and then this uncle brew a cup of tea for me and this tea is cost like 350 ringgit for 100 gram. Should I buy it or should I don't buy it? So this kind of stress feeling that the entry point is quite hard for people to go into the to know about tea. 
um, there are a lot of interest. Um, a lot of people want to know more. They're just not sure how to get in. Mm. So I think that moving forward, there will be more and more tea brewer or tea artists or even more tea bar will be opened up all around Malaysia about serious tea drinking. Yeah. Mm. And until those tea bars open, people can always uh, visit yours. So where can, where can people find, find you or find your tea bar? Uh, my tea bar is located in Section 17, Petaling Jaya. So I do run like a tea workshop. Tea workshop will teach you how to identify and taste different type of tea and also teach you how to do tea brewing. Mm. So tea workshop is like, um, it's like how I first started with tea, under the tea course. But then the journey is actually a lifelong journey. Until today, I still feel like every day I'm learning something new about tea. So um, the entry point is to help you understand the basic and you could actually go out and explore different type of tea on your own. Mm. Mm, cool. Yeah, and maybe you can be like the spark to ignite all these like tea artists and new tea bars opening out there. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> cool. Well, I uh, just want to thank you for coming on to the show today. Thank you so much, Delphi. Thank you. That's all we have for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or visit our website at www.bfm.my. And as usual, for fun recipes and funky food writing, you can visit my blog at junantonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-D-T-O-N-I-C.com. I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.